Brett and Tanya, thanks so much. Um, uh, Brett and I took a took a walk a couple of weeks ago, and and he um, broke this news to me that it, you know, um, he had taken this job up north, and uh, there was so much to talk about. Um, but honestly, I, I had a sense of excitement um, for you all as a family. Um, you know, life with God is always an adventure. It's always a journey, and and I know you do um, life with Him. And we're really excited for you guys in this next season that he has for you. So um, um, we do hope that you can join us um, online um, as, as you're able. But, but thank you for ministering to us um, as a church family in so many different ways. We have some very, very special memories of you guys. And uh, we'll continue to, to track and follow you with, with great joy. Well, I, I imagine um, you probably tuned into the grand final yesterday and... Um, I don't know, as a Carlton supporter, um, it continues, the, the trade season continues to be the most exciting part of the season for us. But for those who, who may have had a team in the grand final yesterday, congratulations or commiserations. I guess it's a time where there's some celebration and then and there's others who are, are sort of ruining the mistakes and, and the loss of the game and, and perhaps will comb over that trying to find what, what is that secret to success for future years. But um, regardless of mistakes made in yesterday's match, you know, it was 56 years ago to the day um, in American football that a, that a defence player by the name of Jim Marshall um, had, a, had a very, very special moment in a match. He played for the Minnesota Vikings. Now, he was in defence and the ball was in defence. When it was passed to him, he had a, a moment of inspiration to, to run um, for a touchdown. And he actually... Um, just couldn't believe his, his, his luck. The path ahead of him was clear. There were no players. Whatever was going on behind him, he was sure that his team were just blocking beautifully because here is this big defensive guy and he is running for the line and nobody has tackled him. He can't believe his luck. He gained 66 yards, actually passes the touchdown point and throws the ball into the crowd with glee but then pauses and wonders, why isn't the crowd cheering? Why aren't, isn't everybody going ecstatic? What's wrong? And he realises he's actually run in the wrong direction. He's actually headed down to the competitions or the opposition's um, actually touchdown line. So a little bit embarrassing. He was actually a great player and, and almost made the, the Hall of Fame. But even great players can make mistakes and, and can get disoriented. Um, in our passage today... Um, uh, Paul doesn't want the Thessalonian Christians to have one such moment. He, he doesn't want them to get in the, you know, just the, the stuff of life. Um, he doesn't want them to get disoriented and, and get lost or make mistakes. And in this regard, he's, he's addressing a couple of issues where back in chapter 4, verse 13, he says, Brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be um, misinformed. It's a polite way of saying, I don't want you to be ignorant. Well, these are... These are you know, new baby Christians there in, in Thessalonica and, and Paul only had about three weeks with them. Already different questions and things are popping up in their minds and they're trying to sort through um, truth from fiction. And, and in this regard, Paul doesn't want them being distracted. He doesn't want them becoming disoriented and, and so forth. And it's very true for us today too, isn't it? Uh, world events can be very confusing. Uh, we live in, a, in an age where we have never had access to so much information. And such a large percentage of it is not good information. And so, so world events as they unfold can, can confuse the best of us. 
And we can get disoriented as Christians. And, and Paul was writing to Thess- the Thessalonians, but, but in truth, um, it's just as applicable to us today in a, in, a, in a world filled with misinformation, absolute lies and conspiracies and all sorts of things that can get very confusing. And into this situation, Paul is now writing. Um, and the first thing he says with regards to this is, you need to, you need to be prepared. Um, be prepared. Regarding this speculation about the times and the dates of the Lord's return. There were obviously some amongst them who were, who were starting to speculate that it, it, you know, it's going to happen now, it's going to happen later, and, and all sorts of theories were starting to be you know, perhaps passed from one, one household to another about when the Lord is returning, and it was creating much confusion. And Paul could see that this actually wasn't very, very helpful, and he, and he simply says to them, you, I don't need to go over this again about the Lord's, Lord's return. You, you actually know about this. When he comes back, it's going to be a surprise. It's going to be like a thief in the night. Uh, nobody knows when a thief is going to, to you know, enter their household. It's going to be like labor pains. Um, a, a, a woman doesn't know when exactly those labor pains are going to, going to start. You wait in anticipation, but you just don't know. Suddenly, it comes upon you. And, and, and so in, in the same regard, Paul is, is saying, um, be prepared. With the times and the dates, we, we don't know. Best thing is to, to actually be prepared. And the best preparation is this. Remember who you are. Remember who you are. Uh, we, we had a, a theme which we followed for a for an entire year. Do you remember? Learning to, to walk on earth as we are known in heaven. Learning to walk on earth as we are known in heaven. We thought, well, the person who's done that best, who's modeled that best for us is Jesus. And so we had a look at the life of Jesus through the gospel of Mark. But essentially, we wanted to follow his walk and, and learn, like he did, to walk on earth as we're known in heaven, to remember who we are. And Paul introduces a, a series of contrasts here in verses, verses 4 to, to 7. Um, and each of these contrasts are basically weighing up, you, you are not those who are, um, have darkened minds and are in ignorance. No, you have enlightened minds and you are in wisdom. And so it's these various contrasts of ignorance versus wisdom. There's, there's dark and light. There's night and day. There's, um, there's asleep and awake. There's drunk and there's sober. But in each of these contrasts, Paul is um, uh, reminding the Thessalonian Christians who they are now in Jesus Christ. They are people of the light. They are people of the day. They are asleep and, and, and they're sober. They are children of the light or children of the day that's who they are and Paul says the best way to be prepared for whatever unfolds in this world of ours is to is to be prepared by remembering who you are who you are in Jesus Christ you are a child of the light you are a child of the day now let me let me actually actually speak that to you you insert your name you are a child of the light. You are a child of the day. That's who you are. That's your identity now in Christ Jesus. Remember who you are. And, and Paul then goes up, goes on to, to actually say two, two things really. 
as a child of the day, as this new child of God, suit up. Put on the appropriate armour for, for such, a, such an identity. And then build up. Suit up so that you are prepared. And then build up one another. Build up the rest of the church and encourage each other. Firstly, suit up. We see this in, in, in verse, verse 8 um, here in chapter, chapter 5. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Now you'll probably read those words and think, hang on, I've heard of that before, a breastplate and a helmet. Um, where have I heard that before? And of course, it's Ephesians 6. Where, where Paul talks about the, you know, a soldier's armory and his weaponry. Now, interestingly, in Ephesians 6, he talks about both the, the armor that we wear, but the weapons that we, that we fight with at the same time. And um, yet here in Thessalonians, now this was written sometime before, so already these thoughts were on Paul's mind. But here in, in 1 Thessalonians 5, um, Paul just refers to two, two pieces of armor, the breastplate and the helmet. And it's interesting here. He doesn't talk so much about weapons, which you might say, well, sandals, the readiness of the good news, so we can, we can you know, go further, go faster, um, the sword of the spirit. He, he doesn't talk about those weapons. It's interesting here in terms of not becoming disoriented and, and not becoming confused amidst a whole, a whole world of change. This is very much more defensive than it is offensive. It's about putting on your armour instead of, instead of perhaps um, wielding the weapons that God gives us. And I would probably say this as an encouragement to you. Do, do you find yourself at times perhaps becoming a little overwhelmed? Do you feel in this life sometimes a little bit beaten up? I would say on those occasions, Paul's encouragement to you would be this. Concentrate on your armour, not your weapons. Concentrate on defence, not, not offence. It's a little bit like that football player who went running off on the offensive. It was, it was at a time when he should have actually been, been playing defensive. And sometimes when you're being beaten up in the world and things are getting on top of you a little bit, what you do is you, you go back to the armour. And here's two very, very important pieces, perhaps critical pieces, because they protect the most critical parts of, of your anatomy. The breastplate was a large, um, a large piece which fitted over all of your vital organs. Now, in some cultures, um, we refer to the centre of a person's being, the, their, their soul, the very spirit of a person, as their heart. Now, some people refer that to their, you know, their stomach or their bowels. But, but basically, your essential organs um, refer to you know, that part of you which keeps you alive and keeps you, keeps you living, the very heart of you. And Paul says, put on your breastplate so that you can protect your, your heart. And then put on your helmet so that you can protect your head. Paul wants us, when life becomes confusing and the world becomes a little, you know, is filled with trouble, he wants us to put on armour that is going to protect our heart and our head. And, and in this regard, he says, put on the breastplate of, of love and faith, putting on faith and love as a, as a breastplate, and then the hope of salvation as a helmet. Well, firstly, let's think about the breastplate, protecting your heart. Um, the, the first part of that is love. 
and we love because, well, we have first been loved. God has loved us. And the fact that God has first loved us enables us now to, to love, love others. But in order to love, and we need to, we need to understand and afresh God's love for us. Remember, we are dearly loved children. God has loved us, and now out of that overflow, we can, we can love others. Um, and that comes from, from a posture of, of faith. And what is our faith? And what might Paul be, be thinking, thinking here? Ever since the Garden of Eden, um, really uh, the fall of mankind, it, it began with finger pointing. We've been pointing the finger ever since. The man, the woman made me do it. The woman, oh, the, the snake, you know, lied to me. And, and finger pointing, finger pointing, finger pointing. The problem in life is, is that it's so natural to us. It's become a, a natural part of our fallen humanity to, to point fingers at anyone and, and, and someone to basically project our stuff outwards. But the problem is stuff gets projected onto to us as well. We constantly face guilt and, guilt and shame and, and sit under accusation. So the accuser of the brethren, Satan, the devil, he's the one who accuses he he actually actually does this day and night accusing you and i of 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 various things and so faith is that breastplate that protects our heart that that reminds us um that that we are covered we are covered now when you think about a breastplate in ephesians 6 paul calls it the breastplate of righteousness what what comes to your mind the breastplate of righteousness, right deeds? Would, would your breastplate or my breastplate have all the special things that we've done all over our lives that, you know, good deeds and so forth that, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that time I stood up for truth? Remember that time I, I dispelled a lie? Remember that, that, that time I, I, you know, gave alms to the poor? Whatever it might be, is your breastplate filled with all your, you know, the details of your good deeds? It won't work. It won't hold. It's going to be shot. It's going to be shot full of holes. It's going to be so flawed it can't protect you. The breastplate that that Paul is talking about here of faith is is faith in one thing and one thing alone, and it's not you. It's not your good deeds. Your breastplate, like my breastplate, needs to have the smeared blood of Jesus over it. It's the only thing. The only thing that can protect your heart. And so when we, we remembered a little, bit, a little bit like the Passover, blood smeared across the threshold, protected those within the household. When we remember that the blood of Jesus smeared across a breastplate protects our, our heart, once again we're reminded of how loved we are, how much the Father loved us. <laughs> How extravagant the love of the Father that we should be called children of God, that he would send his one and only Son. So let, again, let the breastplate of faith and love, let that breastplate protect your, your heart today. That's the first part. And then the second part is the, the helmet of the hope of, of our salvation. Protect your, protect your head with the hope of salvation. Verse 9, Paul reminds us, um, remember this. You know, 
Uh, these are important truths to hold in your head. God has not appointed you for wrath. You have no fear. God has not appointed you for wrath. But verse 10, instead, through, um, through Jesus Christ, his son, he has appointed you for life with God. That, we've said this many, many times, haven't we? That little word with can be also translated in life in God, life with God. Um, essentially, that helmet of salvation is a reminder that Jesus Christ died so that you could abide. Life with God has been, been purchased for you at, at a significant price. Don't give that up. Don't give up your abiding easily. It, it cost God much. He won that for you. Abiding life in Jesus Christ, life with God, it's, it's the most precious thing. It's the most wonderful thing. Don't lose your abiding. Remain in him. Stay. Tarry. Dwell. Live with God. Do life with him. Join him hand in hand. Join him. Remain in the vine. Remain in Christ. That, that abiding place is a safe place. It's the, it's the place that you need to be. Do life with God. Not for him, not from him, not under him or over him, but life with God. That's what you, you have been, been born for. And, and so you need to suit up. You need to you put on that breastplate. You need to put on that helmet. You need to, you need to suit up and, and, and wear this, this, uh, this clothing fitting for, for a, child of, a child of God. Um, you've heard me sometimes talk about the coat you choose to wear. Um, make sure you are clothed in a coat of his righteousness. Suit up. Um, make sure that you are ready. And, and protect yourself. Be prepared for all that the world throws, throws at you. And then, having suited up, build one another up. And this is where Paul, Paul finishes. He, he talks about this life together that we have. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just in, just in fact, as you, as you have been doing. I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago uh, um, a, a pastor who, when I was just a starting out a youth pastor and and faced some some significant discouragement um alan gordon um uh, dr alan gordon would um, get me on the phone and he'd just build me up sometimes he would chat with chat to me for over an hour just encouraging me which literally means to to give me courage he would he would give me courage and and that's what paul is saying here having suited up now build each other up I wonder, when, when you spend time with others, do you leave them feeling like they have more courage than, than when you started out that conversation? Um, are you able to encourage others? Are you able to build them up? Maybe, if you're like most of us, sometimes, sometimes I get that right, and sometimes I do impart courage to others and I build them up and I, and I offer them hope. Sometimes, perhaps I don't. And, and when you feel that perhaps you are, you are not imparting courage like you should, can I, uh, can I just remind you, go back to a defensive position. It's probably time to put your armour on again, to get suited up again, to remind yourself, to put on that, that breastplate of, of faith and love, to put on that helmet of the hope of your salvation. 
It's time to suit up again so that, so that you're back in that defensive position, able to stand and stand firmly against all that comes your way in this world. And so that would be my, my encouragement. As Paul encourages the Thessalonians, I would also encourage you. Yes, we live in confusing times. And yes, the world, the world throws a lot at us and it, it can be disorienting. But at those times, you know what to do. Be prepared. Don't, don't be troubled. Expect this. These, these things, that in this world you will have trouble. But, but Jesus has overcome the world. He really has. That's the trajectory. It's sure. The faith is, is being, being sure of the things that we, we hope for. Absolutely assured of even those things we don't see. Um, take faith. Take heart. Protect your heart. Protect your head. And then build one another up. God bless you. Thank you again for joining us today. And I trust that your week goes well. And we certainly look forward to joining you next Sunday. God bless. Thank you.